I'm a passionate region woman because I believe that your geography is not an obstacle to your success. I'm a passionate regional woman because to me, regional WA is real and raw. My work gives me the opportunity to travel all over this incredible state and to meet the most amazing people for which I'm incredibly grateful. It's all those personalities that make up our diverse communities. It's the people that make here a vibrant place to live. I believe regional communities cannot achieve economic prosperity without talented regional women living in rural Australia. It's what makes regional WA the best place to live and love. And that's why I'm a passionate regional woman. Marg Agnew has a natural affinity for the land and an unshakable desire to learn and has been the driving force behind the Triple I Network's birth. Through decades of resilience and hard work, Marg has earned her status as a pioneer in both on and off the land. Marg has been recently in the last few years inducted to the WA Women's Hall of Fame. Being raised on an orchard in Victoria before moving to Newtigate with her husband Rob in 94, the pair established their roots in Esperance where they took up a new land block. Marg, although thriving on her property with her husband and her family, began to become lonely after reading the magazines from the East Coast. She came up with the idea to start the Triple R Network to connect more women. Creating it as a quarterly free newsletter, she lobbied tirelessly for state government and industry bodies to back the magazine where it launched and started to become the household name it is today. It's been 25 years since Marg started the Triple R Network and we're hopeful for 25 more so we're so grateful to sit down with Marg and have this chat and really hear about how it all came to be and where it's all going. Let's get into that now. I'd love for you to just start out and tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, there's not much to tell, really. Do you want to tell me about uh, ending up in Esperance? How did you get to where we, we're sitting right now with this beautiful view? I grew up um, in a Goulburn Valley in Victoria, which is uh, a city called Shepparton. So I grew up on the land, um, an orchardist daughter, uh, and it was wonderful. We had irrigation. And then I um, met my husband, Rob. He came from the same district but had moved to Western Australia and specifically Esperance to become a new land farmer. So the funny part about our relationship is, is I only saw him once a year for a weekend. Fortunately, his friends would marry um, Eastern States girls, so he'd have to come back each year for a wedding. And then um, when we did get engaged, uh, it was... Uh, the engagement party was the first party we'd been to together and when we uh, were dancing at our wedding it was the first time I had danced with him oh and then um, after a two-week honeymoon I said to him I, I think it's time you went back to the west because it was the longest we'd ever spent together. So absence makes the heart grow fonder then? Or perhaps what you don't know <laughs> <laughs> won't worry you. Um, anyway just uh, for some detail, my father died just before I was married and um, at the same time wheat quotas came in 
in WA. So my husband wasn't able to plant a crop. So he came back to Victoria to run the family orchard till everything was sorted. Mm. And that was very comfortable. Um, And then we packed up caravan and headed to the west. And look, I was at the right age. I was was romantic. Um, I love adventure. I love being outside. So I was very fortunate that I married a new land farmer in the aspect that I love being involved in agriculture. But I must admit, a Bondwood caravan uh, for the kitchen and a shovel and a toilet roll for going to the toilet and and a a Meta's stove where we heated the water for the shower. Um, Yeah, you didn't want to lose your sense of humour, but I knew that we could only get better. But anyway. Very romantic. (laughs) Oh, we didn't have much time for romance. It was flat out clearing. Anyway, we... we, um, have progressed since then. Yes. So can you tell me about what it was like first arriving in Esperance? What was the landscape or what was Esperance like back then? Well, see, having grown up in inland Victoria, coming over the hill and seeing Esperance at about 5pm, I think it was about the 4th of May, and just looking at that bay with those magic islands. Um, But there were still reservations. I said, well, look, in three years' time, can we review the situation because I'd left, just left home? Mm. And um, anyway, 10 years later, about the same time in May, I said, oh, I've just realised we were supposed to have a discussion after three years. So you can see I fell in love with WA. I think I love what I love about where I live down the southeast of WA is just the opportunity to have the space. Mm. You can see the sunrise, the sunset, the horizon you can see trucks along the road I just love the space and the wildflowers yeah it's so I love our vegetation in Victoria it was red river gums which I love I miss the big gum trees here we've got shrubs and bushes but they're beautiful all year yeah it's definitely beautiful especially now as well it's the best time of year and it's nice and green and you obviously you grew up on a farm on an orchard but Broadacre cropping's a little bit different. What was the... The contrast was huge. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, we had irrigation, um, which, to, which was... You just irrigated, whereas over here, you had to wait for the rainfall. Yeah. And I can remember the first harvest and uh, the silo, there was still grain left in the silo and I was desperate, you know, desperate to make money and sell grain and my husband said but we need that seed for next year's crop so I was very naive mm. about broadacre farming but uh, on reflection I'd much rather be a broadacre farmer than in horticulture horticulture although today now with netting there is protection against um, uh, predators with birds and hail uh, but I think I'm happier being a broadacre farmer growing grain and growing wool yeah it's a pretty nice lifestyle so you obviously arrived you settled in in Esperance you obviously started to network and meet people you then came up with the idea for the Triple R network or some sort of a magazine can you sort of tell me when did you sort of start getting these ideas about the Triple R and how you were going to create something no I think it was the opposite Lavinia I think it was the the isolation yeah um we I'm hands-on farmer and I love, I'm quite happy in my own company, mm. but the lack of, I think women do need sisterhood. I think women need yeah. um, to be able to 
to, to talk to someone else, share a conversation. I had no family here. So I think it was the isolation and no social life that I missed. So when I was receiving the <coughs> Rural Women's magazines from the Eastern States and there was nothing here, I just, I just believed that... I know it was selfish of me, but I thought there must be other women like myself that are... Because WA, yes, there's a, a lot of the population are along the coast, but there's a lot of us that are on the rangelands, up in the Kimberleys, um, out to the border and down here. And a lot of us have left family behind, whether it be overseas or interstate. And, um, yeah, we, we miss the opportunity to... to to share what we're doing with other women. Mm -hmm. So I think that was... There was a, something missing in my life and it wasn't until I read these magazines and I'm thinking, oh, I'm sure there must be other women in WA that throughout the state um, that would love to network with other women. Mm -hmm. So I guess... And then it was this one particular article. Um, I was only thinking about it this morning and um, it was was the one story that resonated with me. And on our own farm we had um, dozens of cocky gates and for those that aren't on the land, a cocky gate is a man-made gate, um, not manufactured and usually out of fencing wire with either steel or wood pole either end. And the men attach the gate to the post and then at the other end they have a... There's a plethora of handles that they devise to shut it. And I remember this one day, I was exhausted, I'd been physically working and I'm heading back home and I just, as a friend called them, gorilla gates. And I was just so tired, I just couldn't pull this gate together so I had to go to my ute and get out a piece of rope and tie it up. And I was reading this story about a woman telling the same story and I think that was it, was saying, oh, it was to have empathy, to have someone else on the same page. Yeah. And that was the one story that I remember this night I read it and I'm going, WA needs a, a magazine like that. Yeah. Yes, a strange start, but I think it was just having often that... Um, it, people to inspire you, um, have empathy, understanding, and just sharing what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're inquisitive. We like to know what other people yeah. are doing. And, and having those same grievances or yes. happy things happen, it's nice to have those people to relate to. I think that that's really important. And we're in our 25th year of the Triple R this year, which I'm sure to you probably doesn't seem like that, no, that long at all. What was the landscape like for Triple R women 25 years ago? I, I guess when I reflect on it and when I sent my initial um, letter out to about 100 um, people in the state from rural politicians across all colours of the spectrum um, and women I'd met and the response I'd given them, I'd sent a, a, a newsletter, a small newsletter that we'd um, uh, printed in Esperance and I was overwhelmed with the response is was um, when's the next newsletter coming out we need this we're missing this and that's when I realized that I was on the right page with thinking other women were lonely mm -hmm. and they needed to 
you know, find out what other women were doing. Yeah. So I, I don't think the landscape has changed a lot. I know social media has filled a niche, mm. but um, that, that's just one paragraph. Uh, or, you know, maybe maybe blogs, there's a lot of things, but I think what something, perhaps I'm being parochial, but the other, just recently I showed um, a young woman, probably in her early 20s, and one of our old magazines. Um, and she opened it up and she said, oh, I know that family. And I think that's what, I've got goosebumps now, um, recalling stories like that, is that didn't matter who read the magazine, there was always someone they could connect with yeah. personally, even though we're a big state. Um, and I think that was that unity brought people together, mm. understanding, mm. some appreciation, um, especially when there was, you know, when there's a drought or floods, um, for us to learn that little bit more. And I know it's in the papers, but we're getting it from a woman's perspective and it's just sharing. Um, I think that's probably what I found. Yeah, absolutely. When you first began, obviously you had a lot of people who were on your side, but I'm sure you probably faced some struggles as well. What were some of those sort of hardships overcoming, I guess, getting that initial sponsorship or more people on board to get it really off, off, the, off the cusp, a little bit going out of esperance? Yeah, I guess uh, that was, there was some trying times and um, I must admit I did have some women, some older women, who uh, were fairly straightforward and, and just said it wasn't necessary, what was I doing, um, it had been done before, which I didn't know about that. Um, yeah, I could have I been deflated and given up and thought, oh, obviously I'm not on track. Um, I had to work with two members of parliament, ministers who were male and... Um, yeah, I guess I had to laugh one time when they said, OK, once you get this rural women's network going, when are you going to bring out uh, the men's network? <laughs> so I took that as a compliment. Um, uh, look, I'm just ferocious. Is uh, I listen, and but I act, and I believed in it. And so, I, yeah, there was hurdles, but I jumped over them or I went around them. Yeah, yeah, that... That's really one of the bravest things to do and I'm sure 25 years ago that would have been a lot tougher than what it is now. We have a lot more of resources available to us. What do you feel have been some of those biggest accomplishments that you're, you're, just, that you're just happy that you achieved? I mean, I know you're very modest, but I'd love to know what you really are happy about. I, that, that we find, I finally got there. It was two years of lobbying. Um, and patience, I've, that's what I have learned with farming. I suppose that's been a great background for my journey is that uh, in farming, and especially in our case being new land farmers, um, you just can't go in and buy things. You've got to wait for either crops to grow or to um, improve the, the pedigree of your, your sheep. And I guess that gave me um, a great... It was a great standby for... I just believed in the need for a magazine and a real women's network and I just didn't have any barriers. I just I just plodded on, plodded on. So when finally we had the launch, it was it was exciting, 
But then I was ready for the next hurdle, was getting a magazine out. And I know we had the launch in August and we had our first um, meeting of women who never met one another, 12 of us about around a table, and we just said we're going to have our first magazine out by November. I mean, we had... Um, we had, didn't have a mailing list. We had nothing. But I think that was so exciting for the next three months was just getting a mailing list, getting stories, and that wasn't hard. That was probably the easiest thing to do with the newsletter is the stories. We never, not, we never paid for any stories. We may have paid for some photos, but the stories came in. Mm. The women, even though we might be isolated and lacking confidence... Um, those that were able to put pen to paper felt comfortable writing their story about what they were doing, whether they were starting up a business or whatever was happening in their patch. Um, I think that that was just so comforting mm. that, um, as I said, there was no reward uh, and they're all so different. So I'm really... I'm, I am... Uh, I'm trying to think of... Indebted to this day, to all those women that contributed their stories. Um, I think it was about 73 issues. <laughs> uh, it's wow. 73 magazines. Um, yeah, and we had to increase... Um, I'm not sure now, and we started off with 24 pages and went out to 36, but we had to increase the size of the magazine and also then the quality in, improved. But, yeah, and I remember saying to the Minister, um, Hendy Cowan, um, that we would never be able to show the economic benefit of the magazine. Mm. Um, you know, we just wouldn't be able to crunch numbers, which often government demand, yeah. um, but I just knew the social benefit would be enormous. And it did help business. I mean, I remember, you know, there was women that were... Because um, the internet was moving out... Uh, to the regions and women that were perhaps career and professional women in the city and they moved out to rural, they were able to um, establish their businesses and that was exciting yeah. to be able to see those women, you know, continue with their life but also have this other life where their business was important to them and they were able to carve out a career for themselves. So technology was wonderful. Yeah, it's been amazing. I think that that's why the Triple R Network is so important is because it gives women of different backgrounds and different education levels and different careers the opportunity to all come together and share with each other, which is pretty special. And you should feel so accomplished from being able to... This one idea you had 25 years ago, you know, I sit here in your house now and without that idea, I wouldn't be here interviewing you and a lot of the opportunities, there are a lot of women like me who have worked with the Triple R over the last 25 years who wouldn't have had opportunities or had been able to share their opinions or do things without you. So, you know, I think you... I don't think you give yourself enough credit for what you've actually passed away for women like myself. So it's it's really special what you've done. I was supported, one, by my husband, <laughs> um, but there was a group of women in Aspirants that when we started the... We did our first little newsletter, they were there, and then the women from throughout the state that I knew supported, and then um, the staff in the government departments, they supported it. So it's sort of not an individual, it was getting that those people around you collectively that gave you strength to keep going. Mm -hmm. So um, 
yes, you can have a good product, but you still need to be able to have people that want it. So I think I'm very indebted to all those people from locally, statewide, in government departments that believed in it and, you know, um, just I just drew strength from, from their support. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen a lot in the Triple R landscape. What what are some of those exciting changes you've seen for Triple R women? I know you've already mentioned technology, but I'm sure there are other things that come to mind when you think of the last 25 years and what you've seen in evolution for women in Triple R. Oh, just the visibility of women. Yeah. I think that's been... I remember I went to, and I know it's decades ago, um, the internet, first internet, the inaugural International Women in Agriculture Conference in Melbourne in 1994. And when I look back now at brochures, um, it wouldn't, whether it was a, a rural um, agricultural magazine, it would be the male at the office desk or the male in the tractor. Now, I, 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 I sometimes feel like crying when I just see women along the photos in, 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 in magazines where there's the couple and the children or it's uh, the women that are driving machinery. I, it, my heart swells. We have made a significant um, movement towards recognition. They've always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the story. Um, when, I, when I went to that conference in 1994 and they were talking about the invisible farmer and it came from after, I'm not sure, sorry, the First or Second World War in the Mallee in Victoria where they were given like soldier settlement blocks and so the farmer would, the male farmer would work during the day and at night time um, his, he, to his pride his, his wife would work at night time mm-hmm. and that's a theory of where the invisible farmer came from mm-hmm because they didn't want their neighbours, his neighbours, to see that his wife was working. Right. And, um, but no, look, they say behind every good man there's a good woman, and there is. They could be doing all the administration, selling grain. Um, but now it's at least... At least we're being recognised as a unit and not just the male. So there has been some major changes in acceptance and and just the amount of women that have gone into the media. I mean, I listen to the ABC and most of the journalists are now uh, in agriculture are women. Um, Whether it's the print media, the same thing again um, in research, extension, sales. um, Yeah, women, to their credit, have taken the industry on Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud of that recognition. There's still a long way to go, I think, by maybe some of the conservative farmers accepting that um, we're equal and we can do the job. We've just got different skills. Mm-hmm. Um, often our interests are different, but collectively we need we need that breadth of well, mix of knowledge and passion um, for the industry. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that you hit the nail on the head there. I'd love if you could share, if you've got on the top of your head, one of your favourite stories that you put into the Triple R Network magazine that you really love or always come back to. Oh, gosh, no, I don't think. um, It's a too big a question. No, I think uh, 
and, and I think it was the love letter. Can I mention that? Yeah, of course. No, every story was a gem. I just was so, so, my heart swelled with all the stories that I read, um, and it's a while ago now, but, yeah, no, everyone, they were all equal to me, but um, Kate Daniels, who was the the Triple R, Rural, Remote and Regional Women's Network, our first coordinator, and some of our readers would write in and thank us for a particular story, and there was one that, that I'll never forget and treasure, and often I feel like framing it, and to you, Di, I'm getting emotional now, Di Forsyth, and Di was a ABC Rural Woman of the Year winner, and uh, we did a feature on Di, and um, we often we have two lives, we have the public life and a private life, and Di hadn't shared her experience with having had breast cancer. And she shared that uh, story about it. And she wrote our letter to thank us for for putting the story in. And she also noted the support she got from her community who weren't aware about it, and most surprisingly from men. And she said that um, how men had crossed the street and how how much they enjoyed Network News magazine and... um, so I think when, and she did say that some of her women friends had had, had been tested and had been found to have um, um, suspicious cancer and how maybe their lives were saved through her one story. So that one really resonates with me. Um, it touches me greatly. And the other thing I haven't mentioned is the amount of men that subscribed to um, the network. And, yeah, I've had... I'd have as much support from men mm-hmm. saying, can I go on the the, the mailing list? Yeah. Or uh, the men with the, the magazine would come into the home and the men would read it. In fact, my husband would often open up the magazine and start reading it before me. Yeah, I think my dad still got the magazine, um, <laughs> even when it was just him. I think that that's because there are so many phenomenal women that are highlighted in those stories, and a lot of people want to read about it, and they're often women's voices that aren't you know, put in mainstream media that probably deserve a place there but haven't had their story shared, and that's what the Triple R was really special, and what we're trying to continue to do is that share those special stories with people and, and it's really your legacy which has started that. Well, no, well, it, but as I said, it's still a, t- a team effort. You still need the readers. Um, and that was the only thing that we could use to keep on getting funding was to increase our mailing list. So it was all on all of us, the, the committee, um, to go out there. And I had a saying when I was chair, um, I never left home without a magazine. Yeah. So I'd have them in the car and it doesn't matter whether I was at the doctors, the dentist, I'd say, can I leave a magazine here? Um, if I, you know, I've been in a car park. <laughs> uh, Never and, know. And, and I'd just say, and no one refused me because it wasn't bulky, it was easy, it wasn't heavy to hold, um, it was not pretty, uh, but it, because of the photos, the colour, there was something that, um, got people in so yes it, there was a saying I had don't leave home without one and that was our aim and, and we did every time we had a meeting which was probably quarterly we were able to say we've increased the numbers and then we also knew that um, if 
if a magazine comes into the house, there's a possibility it could be read four times, so we could even make the numbers better by yeah. saying we would multiply it by four. But I think we got up to about 10,000. Subscriptions? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I'm not sure whether it was six. Um, I've got a lot of history there, but it was... Yeah. That's huge. That's yeah. phenomenal. And the other one, other other audience that that enjoyed it, were the women that um, had moved from the country to the city, yeah. um, and they still wanted that connection yeah. with home, back yeah. home. Yeah. So we had a lot of retirees um, that wanted to go on the mailing list. Yeah, absolutely. I think it just shows how the community is so small, and even those people that had moved to Perth or. They've still got friends or family right. or people that they know in the regions and I think it's that connection and that's and just such a genuine way of storytelling as well. It's it's really just about giving people a voice. I think that's what it was really special for and it's still we're hoping to continue that as well. You talked to me before off air about being in your thirties and uh, looking back on life. I'd love for you to tell me if you were to tell your 35-year-old self something, if they were sitting here in 2021, what would be that piece of advice that you would share with them? I have a, I probably have a saying or um, a line is the three Ps, passion, patience and perseverance. And I think that's, to me, it's life. And that's what I, I think maybe agriculture has drawn that out in me. Um, and it does happen, it is worth it. Yeah. And I had to do the same thing with starting Triple R. And a lot of the missions I've been on, um, I think sometimes I've been a little bit ahead with my thinking or ideas or creativity. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of often sowing the seed and then waiting for other people to come on board. So that's where the, the patience is there. Mm-hmm. Believe in yourself. Yeah. Um, have yourself armed with figures or facts and and don't give up. Mm, I think the big one is don't give up considering yes. that you had two full years of lobbying to get where you wanted to achieve. That's yeah. huge, isn't it? And it was just then convincing people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we do it in our everyday life. If, if we're, Even if we're doing a, a deal, you know, it's a matter of listening and then trying to come to... Um, agreement and I don't think there's enough communication today but anyway but yeah I just don't don't give up I think sometimes people just it's just too hard and often you've just got to go that extra mile or extra kilometer and and on that journey you're learning things one about yourself and one about the environment or other people Mm -hmm. and I find that is part I love part of that journey is the learning yeah and you get there at the end, and yes, you've got legislation or you've got something, mm-hmm. um, but on that way, you've been able to gather new friends mm-hmm. or network and, yeah, just learning about yourself and um, other people. And tolerance, I think that's another word we've got to have, have uh, used more often or feel is um, I think sometimes we're a little bit intolerant and just being tolerant and listening to other people's opinion. And before we wrap things up, what is your hope for the future of Triple R Women and women in agriculture? Well, I'll be honest, I do miss my quarterly hit of the magazine. 
and I often wonder whether we, you know, reinvented it and perhaps had a subscription-based. But I also accept that change happens. You can't turn back the clock. And with um, the social media and, and all that that encompasses, it may have had its time. Uh, but I do hope that there's still an opportunity for women to be heard, that somewhere there's an avenue for them to express their op opinion and also to come together now in whatever form, whether it's face-to-face -face mm -hmm. or if it's written or it's, um, you know, on, on your laptop. But I think there is... And especially now that we are with COVID... Um, you know, we haven't seen family, maybe would be, could be at least two years. And I think, you know, we've got Western Australia, so therefore we've got to be also more united in ourselves and support one another. Mm -hmm. So, um, no, I look forward to what will evolve with technology, uh, but I still probably do like my print <laughs> communication. I'm not a paperless office, so I probably still am old school and still like my weekly hit of the newspapers. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. They have their place still I a know. lot of the time. Yes. Marg, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I've appreciated your... I know you were hesitant. So I've Very really, hesitant. I've really appreciated it, and this will be brilliant for our 25th reunion anniversary. Mm.